Ugh. Oh no, yes. please don't please don't actually tell me how you're doing. I don't actually yeah. want to know. Welcome to checking out the competition Dallas Stars. We are joined by one of my favorite people, Taylor Baird from Defending Big D. She runs that place. Taylor, how are you doing? You know, hanging in. How are you doing? Also hanging in. <laughs> You know, getting into when people say, how are you doing? Because I'm like, well, if you just say good, then that's like the expected response. So I say, well, I'm just hanging in. And then people are kind of like, I don't really know how to respond to that. (laughs) Which is perfect. (laughs) Exactly. Because you're just supposed to say fine and keep it moving. So anytime you deviate from that, it's like, oh, no, please don't. Please don't actually tell me how you're doing. I don't actually want to know. Anyway, let's talk about how the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Let's talk about how the Dallas Stars are doing. Actually, no, before we talk about how the Dallas Stars are doing. Um, since it's been so long since we have seen your team playing the Flyers, um, kind of just high level. Were there any big moves over the summer? Any big changes to the team we should note? You mean after the Dallas Stars won the Western Conference and uh, went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I remembered that part. That did happen. That's the thing that happened. Um, No, actually, so they pretty much returned, for all intents and purposes, the majority of that roster. Uh, The big moves were they lost uh, defenseman Jamie Alexiak to Seattle. As a free agent, he signed some ridiculous contract, and we said, good on you, and... Go with God, because he played next to Miro Haskinen, and I'm fairly confident that those numbers are a little bit inflated mm-hmm. playing next to elite talent like that. So have fun on you. Um, then they they traded forward Jason Dickinson to Vancouver in advance of the expansion draft, primarily because they knew that they were going to lose one of Alexiak or Dickinson. And so they to try to essentially force Seattle into taking Alexiak and then signing him as a free agent mm. um, for their pick because there really wasn't anybody really good out there other than that um, for them to choose from. So they got a little bit of value. And the one thing I will say about losing Jason Dickinson was he was a, a big part of the Stars penalty kill. Um, so they went out and tried to replace that skill set by signing Michael Roffle. You guys are very familiar with him. I know um, him. You know him, as well as Luke Glendinning um, from guy. So they signed those two forwards kind of as depth guys, and that's pretty much the big changes. Oh, and um, they, ha- they signed Braden Holtby in the offseason because they want to create depth at each position in the organization, quote-unquote, according to uh, general manager Jim Nill. And so they signed him, and he actually kind of came out of camp uh, as essentially the the, the 1A guy. Uh, ben Bishop is still hurt. There's question marks about whether he ever returns to mm-hmm. the crease after knee surgery. Um, but generally speaking, those are the big the big moves, the big changes. Yeah, and it looks like Braden Holtby has been pretty good. I mean, like numbers-wise, just looking at the numbers, it looks like they're pretty good. 
It's got yeah, a 924. Um, yeah. And if he could just iota of run support in front of him, it would probably look even better. <laughs> mm. So but scoring is a problem. For later. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll get um, there. Just how does Raffle look? Just because I know people care. Uh, actually, he's been pretty good. He's I well, he was at one point leading the team in scoring, so that pretty much tells you how that's going in Dallas Stars land. But um, <laughs> but no, he's uh he's looked pretty good. He's kind of found a little bit of chemistry on a line with Erratic Foxa, who's kind of always been touted as this elite two-way center, uh, very defensively responsible guy, but can also kind of drive play away from his own net. So they've kind of hooked up and created some some things and then he's also kind of read road shotgun with captain jamie ben for a little while so there's that um but yeah i would say if, like if i was grading on a scale raffles probably had a probably a decent b type start okay. to the season which for the dallas stars is one of the higher grades um and then <laughs> you can obviously tell we're really really uh positive about our team right now and then, um, yeah. And then we've also been calling them Raffle and Waffles, which I think is really funny. We we did do that. Raffle Copter was a thing for some yeah. reason. Um, There's in certain be a story circles. Behind that one. <laughs> Raff Daddy in certain circles, but that's kind of a weird one. That's very Twitter specific, but. Um, I could yeah. never call a grown man that to his face, like ever. Not to his face. That's the thing. Like you're a serious journalist, like a, a an actual sports professional, whereas I just make tweets and then do a podcast sometimes. So I am not I am. as accountable. <laughs> yes, I am uh, credentialed by the team. And actually this year I am freelancing for NHL.com. So oh, nice. kind of a, I'm kind of a big deal. That's incredible. <laughs> you deserve it. So I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, just to give people yeah. listening an idea, um, in case you don't know why Taylor is so negative, the stars are four, five, and two right now, putting the fifth in the central division, which is not great, but it's obviously super early. I feel like the standings right now are like totally meaningless because they're all going to change a whole bunch before we get to the end. But, um, since we're kicking off on a negative foot, what is going so poorly for the team? They just don't know how to score. Like, they mm. have lost all ability to do any kind of finishing, and we don't understand why. And this isn't a byproduct of injury, or because this is the healthiest the Dallas Stars have been in over a calendar year, um, even longer, <laughs> like probably ever since. Uh, the league went on the COVID pause. Uh, so it's a, it's a worrisome trend. And the thing is, is after about a hundred ish games under Rick bonus, you start to say, maybe it's not the players. Maybe it's the system. Uh, maybe the system just doesn't fit the players abilities and play to their mm. strengths. And they want to be this defensively sound team that, you know, generates offense from defense and, and that's all well and good, and they have the blue line to do it. The problem is, is that you wonder if they have the speed in the forward group to be able to do it. Um, a lot of their guys are getting older. Sagan is still returning from, 
you know, major surgery that saw him as basically all of the, all of the season last year, I think he played in three games or something um, just to get back on the ice after the stars had basically already been eliminated from the playoffs um, anyway. Uh, so he's still not quite probably a hundred percent. You still have Jason Robertson who uh, suffered a shoulder injury in the preseason and has really only played three, three or four games. So he's still oh. getting into, into his groove. You have Rupe Hintz who has to be the unluckiest player in the entire NHL. The dude has goals, but looks like he should have about eight because of um, excellent saves from goaltenders, uh, some hit posts, and also some shots that just like they get redirected and they go a quarter of an inch too wide. And so he's got to be wondering what the hell is happening. And then, you know, so there's like you can go down the list and you can find a litany of, of excuses or reasons for why some guys may not be going but the problem is, is that they don't have anybody really going um, to help them kind of keep their heads above water while the others get get their legs under them. And it's, you know, it's 10 games into the season now. You're like, mm-hmm. you should you should be ready to go. Um, they did have a road heavy schedule to start. So and then also John Klingberg, the Dallas Stars escaped major injury problems on shift one of the season. Uh, John Klingberg got tangled up awkwardly with uh, New York Rangers player, and it looked like he basically bent his knee in half. So Ooh. that um, was not pleasant looking. And I thought we were watching John Klingberg essentially tear his ACL in game one, uh, but he returned a couple of games later. So, you know, but you got to wonder, like, is there something that he's playing through? So you can there's a lot there's a lot going on, but then the problem is, is that this isn't a one game or a one-off or or a section of games. This is a continuation of trends that we've been seeing for 18 plus months. Yeah. Cause I mean, the leading goal scorer on the team only has four goals, Tyler Sagan. So like Mm -hmm. no one's lighting the world on fire down there yet. You never know. Yeah. What's been going well? The power play is pretty good. Okay. I believe it's their top 10 unit in that. So, like, you know, don't put them on the job. Not that they get on the job often because, again, I don't know if they have the speed to draw the to, to draw the calls. Um, also, Dallas kind of has a reputation for, like, whining, I think. So, they don't get the benefit of the doubt uh, from my understanding. So, there's that also. Um, so, they don't get opportunities often, but when they do – they're they've been pretty lethal on it um and the goaltending has gone pretty well relatively speaking um Mm -hmm. I mean they're getting at least league average goaltending um and on most nights I mean it's kind of hard to blame anything on your goaltenders when you're scoring at less than two goals a game yeah on average and so you could have this game of your life and post a 967 save percentage and allow two goals and still lose the game. And like, that's got to be disheartening. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Do you think that last season was a fluke? Or do you think that that is, you know, that's who the Dallas Stars are and they should be able to compete for the Western Conference year in and year out? Last season, the COVID shortened season. Sorry, time is like completely. The one where they went to the final. Yes. What is time? I don't know. 
when they went to the final. What if done? Yeah. Okay, so two seasons ago. Two seasons ago, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, We're doing great. I think that I think that they benefited probably more than any other team in the sense that they were able to have like a well-rested Jamie Benn mm. for the playoffs. They were able to have um, Velsky. Uh, you know, these older guys that maybe are kind of worn down by the end of an 82 game season, like they were coming fresh off of a couple months off. And so do I, I think that they're probably somewhere between competing for the Western conference final and missing the playoffs altogether. Like they did the, mm-hmm. the, the season to follow up with that, although they did yeah. have a ton of injuries. So caveat and also COVID. And then also Texas tried to kill us. I don't know if y'all know this, but, Texas tried to kill us with like the worst winter storm we have ever seen in the past decade. Uh, that was the whole thing. Was like basically like minutes away from completely shutting down, and we would have been screwed for weeks. Um, so basically, Texas tried to kill us. Um, so between that and the COVID outbreak at the beginning of the season, they played one of the worst schedules. I mean, they were playing basically. I think they said something like they played forty-eight games in. 72 nights or something like that's basically a game every other day yeah um there's no practice time at all um so there's somewhere between those two I can't really put them on one end of the spectrum or the other because you can make the argument that they had a lot of things fall into play for them to be able to make the the Stanley Cup final although I will say Go back and watch that Las Vegas series for the Western Conference Final. Yes, Dallas was lucky to get out from Calgary. Uh, they blew the chance to eliminate Colorado in six games and went to a game seven. Um, that was very tight game. And Yoel Kiviranta earned his nickname of Yoel fucking Kiviranta thanks to the Swedish, <laughs> Swedish media or uh, yeah, the Swedish media because um, or Finnish media. One of the Nordic countries. Um, that was their call of his of his third goal, which I thought was really hilarious. That is amazing. Um, but they absolutely owned Vegas in the Western Conference Final. Um, so anybody saying that Dallas didn't earn it, like, come on. Um, so yeah, I just think they're somewhere in between those two things. I think with health and if they could get on the same page and play whatever style they want to play whether that's defensive which we all hate but seems to be effective um you know this is a team that's supposedly built for the playoffs a lot of nhl scouts and a lot of nhl executives always say that this is a team built for the playoffs but the problem is you got to get there yeah and i think that's the big question of is this a system and a team constructed to be able to consistently make the playoffs so that they can go and play and make the noise in the playoffs the way that they want so would you say that if there was something that would kind of hand this game to the stars for the flyers it would probably be taking too many stupid penalties (laughs) oh yeah uh their penalty kill has been absolutely awful which is hilarious to me since they want to be a defensive first team which to me means that your penalty kill would actually be pretty good because you've got the structure in place to keep pucks out of your own net. But for some reason they take dumb penalties. They seem to take them at the worst times of the game. And 
then also once they kind of start heading to the to the penalty box, they seem to just parade there. They seem to want to set up shop and just say, hey, let's play an entire period where, you know, a quarter of it or a third of it is spent on special teams. And hmm. we're on the wrong side of that. And then you get guys that aren't able to stay in the flow because they don't kill penalties. And then they're cold heading into the third period. And it becomes a compounding problem for a team that cannot score goals. <laughs> but if the Flyers find themselves in the box over and over again, that could be a problem for them. Yes. Because I think you said the power I mean, play is good. Yeah. The power play okay. So, okay. you know, basically, I think the key is if we see a both teams staying out of the box, that's going to end up being like a 2 nothing snooze fest. Mm, yay. Love those. And nobody wants that. So, yes, guys, just go to the box. Let's just, <laughs> let's just uh, have a 6-5 barn burner up in here. Why not? If you have to watch a hockey game, it might as well be insane. Is there anyone on the roster whose name we might not recognize that we should keep an eye on? Whose name we do not recognize? Well, I don't really know who you guys know. <laughs> so, okay. So let's just, let's just pretend that everyone is like me, which is probably a terrible assumption, but um, pays little to no attention to the Western Conference until the playoffs start, because who in the world has time in their life to watch any more hockey than the Flyers? So let's just say, like, I look at the roster and, like, I know the big names. I know Jamie Benn, I know Heiskinen, I know Pavelski, I know Sagan, I know Ryan Suter, I know Radulov. Like, those names stick out to me. Jason Robertson, because he made such a big splash when he was a rookie. Klingberg, obviously. Rupe Hintz, because his name is cool. But, like, outside of those guys. Okay, but, uh, Kelly, um, Rupe Hintz's uh, name is not only cool, you should definitely check out his, um, his outfits. He has a very awesome sense of style. Um, and also check out his hair. Although he cut his hair, and that is a very big um, conspiracy theory that essentially he cut his flow and therefore he is no longer um, allowed to score goals because he did that. Um, but definitely check him out, check it out because he's got a lot of other things going for him outside. He's of, got the drip. He does the he's drip. He's got the drip. Yeah. I learned that word this week. Thank you, Flyers. He wore a Justin Bieber hat during training camp. Good. I was like, that's fun. It was yellow with a smiley face on it literally so, like, all we need interesting yeah we need more guys in the nhl that are interesting and See, weird and the, fun and different the problem is and maybe this is on me to, to do when i'm in the in the media scrums and when i actually do get a chance to see him in his streetwear is i need to take more pictures of it because i feel like nobody does and so nobody outside of dallas really knows that he has the drip because it is shocking to me that he has not ended up on Sarah Sivian's uh, NHL drip report that she's been doing. This I year. was just thinking I haven't seen him on that, but I'm imagining that at some been, point he's going to he find his be. way. Yeah, I've, we're going to have to make that happen. I'm going to have to talk to the media here in Dallas and be like, hey, we need we need to start a campaign. We need to get we yeah. need to get the boy recognized. Get him on the official list of well-dressed hockey players that thankfully I mean, exists I need now. to slip it to Tyler Sagan and just be like, hey, by the way, do you know about this? <laughs> because he has also not he has also not been on that list and it's surprising because Tyler does have a very interesting sense of fashion as well um yeah. as evidence if you have not seen his um cologne ad that I believe released over the summer you most 
definitely need to check that out because it is a look. He has a cologne ad. He did a cologne sponsorship or endorsement. I will be um, furiously yeah, googling I'm, that as soon I'm as we're done here. I'm <laughs> trying to remember what the name of the cologne was so that you can. Um, it was sh- for Sexual Noir. <gasps> no. Yes. Oh no. It it is it is a look is all I'm saying. It was like him on a couch, oh, no. one arm behind his head, holding the cologne sexually on his chest. I mean, it was it was a thing. They're just Sexual FYI. Sexual noir. You have, I mean, having not even seen it yet, you've made my entire day with this news because I can only imagine. This is me. <laughs> this is the the true hockey journalist up in here breaking all sorts of really interesting news. This Tyler is important. King, sexual noir. <laughs> sexual. I mean, who knew? Not me. I know now. Thank you. Okay, um, so back to the question. Back to, yeah, um, back to guys I might not know. Guys you might not know. I think the biggest one that you probably should know because it's been a pretty big storyline so far this season is, is uh, Denny Gurionov. So he is in his third or fourth season here in Dallas now, and he's been scratched, healthy scratched a couple of times. And his coach has come out and said that they need him to do things away from the puck and play the right way. And, you know, all that lovely coach speak for, we don't think this guy's doing anything, so we're going to scratch him. Um, But when he is in the game, he's actually responsible for like a couple of Dallas's overtime overtime wins um and has scored a couple of really really good goals um so the problem is is that he can't find the consistency to do it so um he's kind of um he's always kind of a question mark whenever Dallas plays so he could be completely on and be a terror and be around the net um he has played up and down the lineup. And so I think that's also part of the problem is that he hasn't been put with some of the more offensive minded players. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dallas is still kind of looking for that chemistry. They, they seem to have found it with Robertson, Henson, Pavelski on a line. It was a really hot line for them last year with Robertson finally getting healthy. That had amazing scoring chances, just hasn't really connected as often as they probably should have by now so that line seems to be intact but everything else is kind of always being put in the blender and mixed up and um so Guryanov is kind of also falling victim to that so I think if anything I would say know him because then you will know the discourse of the Dallas Stars <laughs> every fan base has that one guy and this year it is Denny Guryanov here in Dallas all right so finally as always Shot in the dark prediction for the end score of this game. Well, I already told you it's probably going to be 2 nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, how about I not wish that on upon us? How about a nice 4-3 overtime game? Oh. That's how it's going to be. Okay. Because I don't know if you know this, but Dallas has been to overtime six out of their first 10 or 11 games. That's Six times. That's too many. That is way too many, but the many. but the difference is they did it like over twenty times last year. Mm. And they won like because they were really bad in overtime. 
this year they've won four out of the six. So if you okay. make it into extra time for Wood Dallas, it might be game over for you. So you're saying four three Dallas win in overtime. That is what I'm saying. We've finally seen offensive outbursts. The team has nine of their next 11 games at home. And maybe knowing that and being comfortable here at home and having a couple of days off after getting absolutely um, stomped, we'll say, mm-hmm. uh, up in Vancouver, of all places. Of all places. Maybe. maybe I, think, I think they might come out a little. Um, I think they might be a little mad. Hmm. Okay. So I'm looking at your okay. schedule now because I didn't do that before. Oh, yeah, they oh, play Nashville. A couple of nights off, though. Yeah. A couple of nights off. So, you know, maybe they're still trying to realize that they don't have to play every other game, too. I'm still mm. trying to get used to that also. I'm going to say 2-1 Flyers. I'm going with the boring game, which is a real bummer. I like your idea better, but if the Flyers win, so I, I, yeah, I'm going to say two to one. I feel like the Flyers, um, they're going to, they're playing the Canes on Friday. I think it's Friday. Um, so they might be a little bit more tired than the Stars. Only have two games this week. Um, so it, it might be a, you know, a rusted Dallas team against a more tired Flyers team. So many things could happen. If the Flyers take a lot of penalties, I think they're toast because they've been doing a lot of that. And if your penalty or your power play is good, um, that could be a problem. Even though the Flyers penalty kill has been pretty good this season, which is nice. Uh, power play, not so much. So that's good for you. Um, yeah, I'm going 2-1. 2-1 Flyers. That's all I got. All right. Taylor, where can the people find you on the Internet? Oh, you can find me over at DefendingBigD.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Taylor D is in Diane Baird or D is in Dallas. I should say that. Yeah. Um, Diane's my middle name, so I always go with that, but she is in Dallas. So Taylor D. Baird at, and um, yeah, and hope to see you all on the Twitter sphere. Just yeah, check me out. I'm moving uh, in the midst of right before this uh, Flyers game, so please be kind because I'm going to be exhausted. I will insist that people are kind to you. And honestly, why wouldn't they be? You're amazing. Taylor, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you taking the time. I hope that you enjoy the game and that your move goes smoothly. Thanks for having me.